Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday. Everybody's ill. Every, every time I bump into somebody, they go, oh, right, Steve. You go, what's the matter? You go, oh, no, I picked up this virus. And you think, earlier on, Zora Suleiman, she was sounding a little bit sort of uh, ropey. And I said, what's that? She, I don't know. And, I, and there's viruses doing the rounds everywhere. The other day, James O'Brien was sort of afflicted. And uh, he was sitting there coughing away, and I thought, you shouldn't be here. And then he decided to take Friday off, uh, hopefully, to get the voice back again. Because if you get a cough and you do speech radio, it's the worst thing you can ever, ever have. You can't do anything about it. I had it before Christmas, if you remember. I had to take six days off. Six of the most miserable days of my entire life. You know, when you kind of live for what you do, and you do what you live for. Uh, When you have to sit at home... I mean, I made so many tapestry cushion covers. You know, I was sitting there knitting and purling and thread. I thought perhaps I'd make a jumper and I thought maybe not, maybe not. Anyway on the programme this morning, oh my god, it's all kicking off in showbiz, all kicking off. Apparently Cheryl, remember Cheryl? You must remember Cheryl, she's the broomstick with a pair of boobs stuck on it and because she's thin. I mean seriously she makes me look fat and it takes something to make me look fat I promise you. I mean not that I'm, you know, a fine figure of a person, I'm a fine figure of about three people I think but uh, she's she is so thin I mean, you have to be very careful when you walk around a golf course with her. She just drops into holes and vanishes. One minute you're talking, the next minute, gone. And going over drains is another thing. Anyway, apparently her and little Liam are splitting. And they're staying together at the moment for the sake of their child, who's called Bear. I know, I don't get it either. I never understand the names of the, of the rich and famous. I think the best ones, I think, isn't it Jamie Oliver's got Buddy Bear? I think. I think it's Buddy Bear. And uh, before, it was all Heavenly Hirani, Tiger Lily and Peaches and Traction and all the rest of these sort of silly names. So anyway, so Cheryl and uh, Liam, is the relationship finished? Is it on its last legs? If If it's finished, it's very apropos because I think actually he's in this building tomorrow morning. I shall see Liam Payne tomorrow morning because he's coming in to be on our sister station, capital, uh, with uh, with Little Roman. I say Little Roman. <laughs> Roman seems to be growing on a daily basis. But uh, now the, the papers are saying they split. I'd heard a rumour, but again, in the business, you never you listen to a rumour and they go, oh, they've not been seen out for a while, he's been very busy. So have they split? But when it comes down to it, and I'm not being rude, but I think people nowadays, it's very easy to get somebody pregnant. It's not too too difficult. If you're having unprotected sex, which I'm assuming they were... You know, it would be for him because he's a lot younger than she is. I mean, she, she's fairly ancient now. She's about 30-something. And he's, I think, in his 20s. And so people get pregnant and go, oh, look, we've had a baby. And you sort of go, yeah, I mean, are you really ready for bringing somebody into the world? I mean, have we seen them pushing a pram down the road? I haven't seen that yet. I don't think so. I, I do like to see people pushing prams down the road. I've always wanted to push one myself, actually. I might just go to a shop later and just push one around. How homophobic was Richard Littlejohn when he was talking about Tom Daly and his husband? Um, answer is, as homophobic as he always has been. He's never changed in all the years. You know, you only have to mention the, the gay word in front of Richard Littlejohn. And he obviously comes from a different sort of era where he just doesn't like that kind of thing. Or perhaps that's the stance of the Daily Mail. Perhaps they don't. Because I think he basically said, you know, I hope this isn't uh, sort of the, the, the way forward kind of thing. I'm thinking, where have you come from? What planet are you on? What planet are you on? You know, gay people have been having, you know, children for a long, 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 long time. In fact, there's a lot of 
In fact, there are loads of gay people who've got children, loads of them. And to make a comment like that about Tom Daly, who is beloved by everybody, I don't know anybody who doesn't like him apart from a couple of trolls, but they just want to go out with him and he's not interested. And so, you know, people sort of write these things, and then, especially when it appears in a column. Well, Centre Park reacted immediately. They pulled their advertising from the Daily Mail. And, uh, and I was waiting to hear people talking about it over the weekend. I must have been listening at the wrong time because I didn't hear people talking about it. I thought it was homophobic. But there again, based on Richard Littlejohn's column and the stuff he doesn't like, he doesn't appear to like many people, really. Least of all himself. Of course, the funny thing is that Richard Littlejohn, when he appeared on LBC some years ago, had to be sent off for voice elocution because that's, that's a squeaky, girly voice on the radio. They wanted him to sound a bit, uh, a bit better. Then he had a television programme, which was just Richard with a lot of girls draping themselves over the couch. It was typical sort of Daily Mail kind of butch, hetero, kind of macho, machismo rubbish. Absolute rubbish, it really was. So I might talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, also, did the earth move for you, as in the uh, sheep? Because it started in Welsh... It spread out as far as Welsh Wales. And apparently it was about seven metres... Seven metres... Seven kilometres below ground. The one in Mexico... I've got some friends in Mexico at the moment. And I was going to write to them and say, you know, are you all, all right? Because I, I think they're in Cancun. And the one over there is, is, is quite a lot bigger. I think theirs was about 26 miles down. Because once you get the earth and you get... You're hanging on every word in there or something. Oh, right, OK. You've been told to hang on every word, just in case. And uh, 26 miles down, that's where you can get... If it's out in the ocean, that's where tsunamis start. And, it, and the, the, you get the tectonic plates that move a little bit, and then all of a sudden things move, and it starts off as a little wave. And then, as you know, through bitter experience, we've all seen the effects of tsunamis around the world. Uh, Brits have been told to party for Harry and Meghan. Oh, oh. Well, there's just two people getting married. I mean, it's not even that interesting. Harry, who dresses up occasionally and then gets his bits out in a in a hotel in, in Vegas. I'd like to see pictures of that, wouldn't you? Because there were loads of other people in the room. I'm not very surprised, actually. But uh, on the other hand, perhaps not, not very surprised. And uh, so people have said, why don't you party for them? Well, it's not the Queen. We didn't part. Do we party for, for William and Kate? I don't think so. Have you ever been to a street party in this country? No. It's, it's a lot of well-meaning people getting trestle tables out in their street, blocking it off to traffic, which I always think, you know, sort of a little bit dull. And then people sit down with funny hats on and go, yeah, William and Kate, or the Queen, or whoever it happens to be. It's, it's a bit, but we don't want to do it for Harry. I'm sorry, I'm not really that interested in doing it for Harry. Listen, they're going to get married. I mean, I'm, you don't think she's pregnant, do you? Do you think she's pregnant? I don't know. Do the royals have different condoms? Do they make different ones for the royals? I've often wondered about that. Or do they have to go out to the same place that the rest of us do, you know? And uh, I'll just have a little uh, haircut and uh, <coughs> condoms. And uh, that's how it used to be, wasn't it, really? I wonder if they have by appointment written on them or something. I don't know. It's only just occurred to me now. It only just occurred to me. Um, da, 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 da. Daniel, uh, Daniela Westbrook, apparently, if you believe the story, is uh, still back on the old Columbian she was over on holiday and she wrote a text to a friend who remains anonymous saying, you know, can you get uh, get some of that nice sniffy sniff stuff? And you think, oh, surely you're not back on it again. Please, God. I'd like to think not. I would like to think I always like to err on the side of caution with these people who've who had an addiction to sticking half a Columbia up their nose and ruining their septums and things like that. I mean, luckily, I've never done it, which doesn't make me a different person from anybody else. It just means that I just don't do things like that. I wouldn't want to waste the money. But... I'm told that once you're addicted, you're kind of addicted. Uh, Gemma's date is Lard Labour. This is the fraud that is Gemma. I mean, the most boring person on the television. No personality, just rude, offensive and fat. 
not necessarily in that order. She also has a boyfriend. He's a crim. And um, and she's um, she's going on this programme looking for a date. It's just a pile of rubbish. It really is a pile of rubbish. I wouldn't even bother with it. Um, class welfare over the, uh, the pencil case. And, um, you know, um, Ben and his wife, you know, Ben, who sort of sort of rows and does all sorts of things. Apparently, they walk around naked at home in front of their children, one of whom is eight, I think, and one of whom is six. And they said, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed of your body. So I'm starting a new trend on the programme this morning. I thought we'd just walk around naked. It's odd, isn't it? Do you think they ever had a naked radio station? Do you think there ever was such a thing? You know, all of a sudden we're going to walk around naked. I mean, it's all right for, for radio presenters because we're sitting down. You know, you're not going to see anything from us. Any, any, well, mind you, we've got cameras in the studio. <laughs> there might be the opportunity, I would think. But isn't it funny? I wonder if, if anywhere around the world they've got naked radio stations. You know, perhaps in Cat Dage or a place like that over in France where everything's naked. The only people who aren't naked are the people who work in the shops on the sites. Everybody else is pushing the trolleys around. I mean, imagine having to hold a basket in front of yourself. I mean, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it, really? So Ben, ben Fogel and his wife walk around naked at home. I mean, secret. You wouldn't know, though, would you? If if I looked around this building and I sort of I had a, a, a good, you you can't tell by looking at somebody whether or not they're a secret naturist or something. You wouldn't know, would you? I mean, I'm just assuming that you know, people do walk around naked at home, but not when there's loads of people in there. You know, if you've got kids in there or you, I mean, the neighbours pop in. I remember there was a programme on the television done years and years ago, and it was. Um, a couple of uh, lads, I think one was 15, one was 14, and their parents were naturists. So every summer they went off to a, a naturist holiday because that's what their parents wanted to do. So they grew up from an early age with not thinking about it. The only embarrassing thing was when they used to bring their school friends home and there would be their mum and dad, you know, either playing lacrosse or uh, or weeding or gardening or something like that. You have to be very careful with the lawnmower, hadn't you, I should imagine. Uh, also on the, uh, the programme this morning... Uh, was Jennifer Aniston ever married? There is much talk. Zora Suleiman told me this. There was much talk in America that her marriage, she might might not have actually got married. So we're, we're watching that one. Um, also, Craig Phillips. He was the very first winner of Big Brother, Craig Phillips. And he was very good because he donated the prize fund, which I think was 70,000 quid, to, um, who did he donate? I think he donated it to an ill person. Anyway, he's actually getting married. And he doesn't want presents. He wants people to donate to a hospice rather than give him... Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Small wonder people like him. Small wonder, because he obviously doesn't need the money because he's a builder. and You, know, build, you don't find a poor builder, do you? You don't find a poor builder at all. And so he said, um, donate money to the hospice. I think he's brilliant. Brilliant. So well done to him. Uh, also, what was the other one here I saved... Um, oh, Oxfam knew ten years ago about the sex abuse problems. I told you when I, I got off the bus the other day, was it Thursday, at Waterloo Station, there's chuggers collecting for Oxfam. I thought, I don't think so. I don't think so. And Joanna Lumley, in her day, she said you had to take your top off to be a serious actress. You did, actually. There were loads of people who appeared topless in... in nobody thought anything about it. I'm sort of slightly indifferent to it. You know, I've been to swimming pools and I've been on holiday. Also, the war on plastic, the milk delivery at the, uh, at the doorstep. Um, they want it in glass. Well, we know lots of milkmen uh, who listen to this programme and they, they deliver milk. I went and bought milk the other day. Unfortunately, it's only in plastic. It's only in plastic. And it's that lovely Graham's milk, which you can get in all, sort, all sorts of places. It's delicious. It's absolutely delicious. But it's, it's full, fat, creamy, 
delicious, <laughs> put on weight. I don't care. Seriously, I don't care. I'm having I'm having uh, uh, Chinese uh, New Year today, Gong Ho Fat Choi, and um, I'm just hoping that they don't bring in the road closures before I've got out of the out of London. I've got to get out, and um, I shall. I'm, I'm parked. Unfortunately, I think I might be parked in the middle of this blooming thing. Don't have a dragon dance going on round the car, do I? Sitting there, lion dance and dragons all over the place. Firecrackers going off. I'm hoping I'm far enough away so I can I can nip out fairly quickly because I should be doing a walk this morning as per usual. And Eamon Holmes, we'll come to later, claims that the Russians tried to poach him. I'm led to believe they couldn't find a pan big enough to put him in. No, apparently they wanted him to do. Um, football commentary and apparently offered mega money but he wouldn't do it because it would mean leaving Ruth I don't think she's that bothered actually Eamon. I don't think she's that bothered and uh, Amanda Barryan coming out she's 82 now mind you there was a woman in the ta- uh, on the papers the other day she's 91 and she's just come out as gay at 91 imagine keeping it a secret all your life 91 years old and she's only just come out as gay and it's a bit of a liberating thing although at 91 not going to be finding it quite easy to find somebody, are you? Unless somebody's into grannies, which there might be. There might be lesbian granny porn out there or something, as far as I'm concerned. Seeing as Richard was talking about paying for sex. I was amazed, actually. It, it sort of, I was amazed how well it did. I thought we'd all be a little bit introverted. Oh, I couldn't talk about that. You know. Have you ever paid for sex? Well, I couldn't possibly say. You know, and, and people, people don't want to talk about that. But, uh, you know, and then people say, oh, no, it, it's exploiting the girls. Absolutely, it's not. The girls are exploiting the customers. And bearing in mind, as that bloke who used to drive them to places, still does drive them from places to places. They're quite tough, these people. They're quite tough. You know, I don't think you go into prostitution. I mean, there have been girls recently who've been selling their virginity. If I'd known you could get money for it, I'd have hung on to it years and years ago. But, I mean, and, and I think she, she was up to about 800000 or so. Well, I mean, that's, that's what it says on this website. And then she goes, oh, yes, yeah, so I can buy my parents a house. It's a bit tacky, isn't it, really? But would you ever pay for... Se- when he first said that on the programme, I thought... I thought I'd tuned into the sex programme. I wasn't too sure, actually, how far it was going to go, because loads of people play. There are people probably doing hotel visits, even as I sit here at this time of the morning. You know, somebody turns up. And, in fact, we used to have a lovely guy here, David Spanier. And David Spanier was our diplomatic correspondent at LBC, but he also liked gambling. He was a gambling expert. And he wrote a book on Vegas. And one side of it was the... What is that? Uh, was, the was the prostitution in Vegas. He said, well, the girls would turn up... And they have little credit card machines. And the first thing they do is they take payment. They're not going to sort of go, oh, we'll pay afterwards. You know, they, so they, they take payment to start with, little credit card machines. And he did a big piece on it. And, uh, and I thought, he was such a nice man. He, he's sadly not, not with us anymore, actually. Uh, Steve uh, says, Zane, I've just seen a, a baby been delivered outside Chelsea on the pavement. Oh. What's happening? Was it a baby baby or baby pigeon or something like that, is it? We're not sure. Producer doesn't know. He doesn't know. I don't know. And, uh, Steve, I've got the gastric flu. Been up all night. Weight is dropping to broomstick level. Stomach's been on full spin, says Jane. Oh, how horrible. How horrible. The gastric flu. Do you know the latest thing is now, if you want to lose weight, it's a gastric band. Where I don't, I don't quite know how it works. I just thought they sort of tied you up with rope or something. But then that turned out to be something else that you have to pay for. And I was sort of thinking to myself, should I ever get a gastric band or should I go for, um, what's that other stuff, liposuction? And I thought, that is like somebody sticking a vacuum cleaner inside you and go, <laughs> and sucking out all the fat. And I thought, I'm, really, I'm not really too sure about that. I couldn't go for colonic. You know, a, f- a friend of mine, in fact, I know quite a few people who've been for colonic. This is where they stick a tube, you know, and, um, and then sort of rinse you through with sort of warm water. I didn't fancy that idea. Who'd want to do that? 
but apparently you feel you feel better for it. But then somebody said, no, it's wrong. You shouldn't do it because it takes away all the bad stuff that you've got in your gut that you need. You know, you don't want to be. No, nobody wants to be too. Per- it's like having perfect skin. I can't tell you who because you all know if you listen to this program regularly. But there is a certain newsreader at LBC who has had Botox. And and I said to him, I said, you don't need Botox. Oh, I do. And he was, he was looking and he's got those lines in the middle, you know, between your eyes at the top. And then he, he sort of screwed up his face and he had lines. I said, yeah, but that's what you're supposed to have at your age. You're not supposed to have perfectly smooth skin. I mean, I'm lucky I don't have many lines. I'm, you know, mainly because I iron myself on a daily basis. And, and I quite, but I'd never have Botox. I'd be too frightened. Somebody sticks a needle near your eyes or anything. Oh, no, thank you. And they go, just a little, you know, prick in here. I'm like, oh, no, not for me, not for me. I think I'd rather grow old gracefully. The more bitter and twisted I become, the more I wouldn't want Botox. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We weave all of them in, unless they're offensive, rude, or you're just terminally stupid, in which case I can't help you at all. But uh, everything else gets read out on the programme. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday morning. It's Chinese. Well, it was Chinese New Year the other day, but I think today are the celebrations, so no doubt there'll be lots of. Oh, I wish I was in Trafalgar Square later, but uh, there'll be loads of food and stuff like that, which would be delightful. Uh, <laughs> little Julie says I attended two street parties for the Silver Jubilee. The other for when Charles and Diana got married. Naked radio stations. And it, I mean, I suppose really there could be. Couldn't I? Don't know. I've got an obsession with it. Well, I don't have an obsession with it. I'm just trying to think how practical it would be. Could you keep your eye on somebody? Could you just be looking them in the face without thinking, any minute I'm going to lower my eyes and I'm going to be in a lot of trouble? And so you tend not to... I told you when we went to Austria, I was, in, I was working in Austria at the time, and we go to this uh, hotel, which is called the Hotel Panhans. And it's a huge hotel out in the Tyrol, and people go skiing. It's beautiful. It really is lovely. And we had uh, lunch in the dining room, and then we decided to go for a sauna. And it was quite a big sauna, actually, probably a bit, well, a bit bigger than this, this room here. In fact, probably about twice the size of this room here. And we're sitting there, me and my friend, and we're sort of chatting away about little bits. And then the door opens. And, of course, you automatically look when the door opens. It would be rude not to. And there's a mum and dad and their two children who walk. Everybody start naked. So, of course, you don't, you don't want to stare. You feel a bit awful about it. So uh, I spent most of the time staring at the ceiling, you know, because you just don't. Don't want to look, do you? It's all very, very odd. I don't know why we do that. I don't know why we do that. But anyway, naked radio, it's it's the way forward. Uh, Sarah Ferguson is going to court. This was over the fake shake story. And I think she's seeking something like £40 million damages, claiming that um, she lost work as a result of it. This is where they, they filmed it. Do you remember the fake shake? Everybody remembers the fake shake. and um, And he sort of set her up. Uh, the paper is defunct. He doesn't exist anymore. But you can still still go into court and sue. And uh, it was over loss of earnings and all the other things. So she's claiming, I think, £40 million. However, if this, this case is lost by her, she'll have to pay, they reckon, about £2 million. It's a hell of a gamble. It's a hell of a gamble. Because you don't know which way it's going to go. You can't tell whether or not people are going to go, well, listen, we, we, we've looked at the evidence, blah, blah, blah. But we don't know. But if she loses, she's got to find £2 million. And I should imagine that's probably the problem, seeing as she's suing for, I think, £40 million. Uh, Gloria Honeyford is in one of the magazines today talking about uh, losing a child and how difficult it is. And anybody who's ever lost a child will sympathise exactly with the way that uh, Glow tells it. How many more victims for Barry Bunnell? I mean, it seems that there are literally 
Hundreds. Hundreds of people. And I think there's... Uh, he's just been... I mean, there's no chance he's ever coming out of prison again. It seems that wherever he went, and he tapped into something that was very easy, which was boys who wanted to play football, you know, from the age of eight up to 15, he was actually training them. And so he had easy access. In fact, in certain cases, he took the boys away on holiday. They went, they went to, and they got a certificate. If they, I mean, presumably, he used to uh, take away his sort of favourite boys and then see how successful he could be. And it turns out, loads. I mean, it must run into hundreds. I mean, at the moment, the, the newspapers are saying, how many more do they think can come forward? So uh, we'll wait and see that, because that, that's going to run, isn't it, for quite some time. The shooting in America runs in all the papers today, as indeed it would do, because one of the girls tweeted the other day after Donald Trump said, I'm sending my prayer. She wrote back and said, we don't want your bloody prayers. They don't want that. What, what, what use of prayers? There's another 17 young people, well, 15 and, and a couple of adults, who, who were shot dead by this bloke who was on the FBI's list. They'd even been warned about him the week before that he was he was psychotic and had posted stuff about guns and being a shooter in school and nobody did anything about it. They got there fairly quickly, but it was too late by that time. Seventeen people lay dead and he stood up in court and his barrister or whatever they are over there put her arm round him to comfort him. He was a troubled child. Troubled child? I'll pull the trap door myself, thank you very much indeed. And all they want, all they want is for, for guns to be... Not on sale. Unfortunately, 300 million guns are currently out there within the community. There are certain states in America you don't need anything at all. You can walk around with a gun in your pocket in broad daylight. You don't need a licence. You just need to go and buy buy the gun. So very easy for a a young person to get hold of them. And, of course, the the gun lobby uh, bolstered up the uh, the fighting fund for Trump to the tune of $10 million. You think he's going to say anything against that? Of course he's not. Of course he's not. So you're still going to find out. And we do seem to be getting a lot of these shootings in schools in America where pupils have gone off the rails. This one was expelled, quite clearly, because he's mad as a banana. But, but he, he then comes back and then starts shooting people he went to school with indiscriminately. You know, we had that, didn't we? Was it in this country where a pupil got up and stabbed the teacher in front of the whole class? And you start thinking, these mentally ill people are out there. Why do we not know who they are? The answer is they do know who they are. They just don't do anything about it. Uh, also, that they were saying seven miles from the shooting in uh, America, there's a big gun festival going on. Children are admitted for free. And you can go there and you can buy guns. You can buy guns. What use would that be? I mean, would it have been? I'm surprised, actually, that with this lad in America, the 19-year-old, I'm surprised that the police didn't take him down, shoot him out. Instead, they sort of, they've hauled him into court. So we're going to go with, with that charade because everything's filmed in America and they show it on television. So no doubt we'll be seeing little, little bits of it on there. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, there's um, Joe Cox's husband who admits he was a sex pest. Never saw that one coming, I have to be honest. And, um, and the woman who was fatter than Mickey Mouse. Now she's Minnie, Minnie Mouse. And she lost weight. You always find that almost every week there'll be somebody in the paper who's a bit lardy. And then they lose loads and loads of weight. And then they go, look, I used to be this fat. Now I'm this thin. Never worked for Gemma Collins, though, did it? You know, I used to be that fat. Now I'm fatter. And why? Because she stuffs her face all the time. She makes no... She's not interested in losing weight. She thinks she's the big GC. Uh, Eamon Holmes says Lorna needs to be with his wife on television. Otherwise, he ain't so funny. They work better together. Yeah, he actually told her the other day, didn't he? That he was a swinger. A swinger, if you please. 
Sort of had Richard talking about that this morning, I suppose. I mean, when, you know, when sort of people say they're, they're swingers, that means they go <laughs> swinging parties, and you meet other people, and they have sort of what, what can loosely be described as uh, scary spice sex, which is three people, or four, apparently. I mean, I did go to a party once. You know, you, you, you sort of you throw all your keys into the middle of the, of the room, and then you sort of pick up. I went home in a really crap car. Seriously, it was ridiculous. Didn't want to go home in a car. Somebody was, somebody was driving my car home, which wasn't good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to six. It's nice to be company. Have a good Saturday night. I know. It's awful, isn't it? Because the kids are still on half term, I think, which means they're rowdy. I'm sure some of the, 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 these children should be taken into care or something. They're out on the streets at like two o'clock in the morning. You think, don't the parents sit there going, oh, I wonder where little Johnny is or little Avril or something. Nobody seems to care about them. They just leave them. Uh, nice to hear you're in a good mood, says Gary. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, in a, I'm always in a good mood Sunday. In fact, actually, I don't think there is a day where I'm not in a good mood. I, ser- I seriously don't. I'm trying to think, actually. Was there a day? No, there's never a day where I'm, I'm in a bad mood. I get grumpy. Occasionally, then everybody gets grumpy. I mean, the traffic I can get grumpy in. I was going to get the car washed yesterday, and I thought, you know, I can't be bothered. I mean, it actually turned out to be quite a nice day, didn't it? It was actually quite, quite sort of pleasant. I nearly undid an extra button on the shirt, you know, just to celebrate. But then I thought, no, sod it. So I didn't bother. Uh, here's a thought. One of my pet hates, Steve, is filling up the car. Why aren't there any companies that will come and fill the car up for me? So every time I get in it, it's full. Well, they used to have that in garages. Before we went self-service, uh, you would pull up to the... Uh, petrol pump and a little man had come out op- open your your little thing and then stick his nozzle in and would fill it you, you'd say oh 10 pounds worth or five pounds worth and they would do it for you nowadays you have to get out i mean i've seen some people put on gloves like rubber gloves they don't want this so i love the smell of petrol love the smell of petrol and you know i mean i don't sort of stick my nose in the fuel tank or anything like that but i, I do quite like the smell of petrol and, uh, and and they put gloves on and then they put the little thing in there. And then, and you try and get it exactly, don't you? £23 there. Oh, God, £23 and a penny. And it's so annoying. And then there used to be a garage down the road. For, well, there's still a garage down the road for me. And they would have a little jar inside full of pennies and you could use the penny. To, because I could never manage to make the petrol pump stop on exactly 23 or whatever it happened to be. And then I wasn't sure one time it really needed filling up. You should never, ever let your petrol run down. Why? Because the sediment in the petrol tank, and if that gets into the, into the carburetor, it's, it's not very good for it. And I've got fuel injection. Uh, and so I don't want anything like that clogging it up. So I never let the petrol run down. I'll go to probably half a tank, maybe a quarter of a tank, and then I fill up again. But on this particular time, I filled it up and it went over the £100. And I wasn't sure if the machines were calibrated to go over £100. So I thought maybe I have to stop, go and pay, then come back and do it again. But it actually went over £100. Seems a lot of money, doesn't it? Uh, Steve, uh, from Holland, minus four. Have you not heard of the naked news? Apparently lots of ladies stripping off their clothes whilst telling the news. Google or YouTube it, uh, John, who's a, a truck driver near Lille. Good Lord above. You see, I, I was talking about uh, this to the producer, Jakob. We were sort of saying about, you know, what would be the purpose of having naked news? Unless it's for sort of perverts. I mean, otherwise, what's the point? I don't quite understand what the point would be. So somebody's telling you the news, but they're stark naked. You're not listening to what they're saying, are you? You're looking at their bits, you know. And it's always women. It's always women doing it. You never get men doing naked news, do you? Well, as far as I know, you don't. It might be somewhere in the world. But it's, it just seems really odd that you would... I mean, who would it be for? 
I'll show it be for people, the sort of people who phone up Babe Station. You know, I don't, have you ever seen Babe Station? It's hilarious. It's so funny. You have somebody lying on a bed, sort of, with her finger in her mouth. I'm assuming it was some sort of childhood obsession or something. And they said, and she's sort of licking her finger. And then she's sort of beckoning. And so I looked, I thought, I don't know who she's talking to. And she's sort of beckoning, sort of coming to the television. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know about this. I had to watch it because we did a piece on it on the programme, and I couldn't quite work out why somebody would want to do that for a living. You know, your parents must be... And then, all of a sudden, one of her boobs fell out. On television, just like that. It just fell out onto the bed. And I remember thinking, I said, this isn't like children's television, is it? I mean, children's television is so much better. And, uh, and then her other boob fell out. Two! You'd have thought she'd have noticed the first one. It was like Judy Finnegan, when she went to the NTA Awards. Remember some years ago? And uh, her, her buttons had come undone and she was showing her bra. And Richard Maidley had totally missed it. Somebody had to come up and go, your bra's undone and showing. <laughs> Poor old Judy, honestly. She was resting them on the lectern as it was. But on this Babe Station programme, I, sort of, I was sort of strangely fascinated by this sort of beckoning of, of the finger, like, you know, coming to my lair. And I was thinking, who is she talking to? And apparently she's talking to nobody. It's to get people to phone up. Well, it can't be her because she's on the television. I mean, it's like when you watch the roulette. I'm confused by this bit, but I think I've sussed it. They go, and here we go, over to Yakov, who's doing spinning the wheel. But I don't think you're in this country. I think you're elsewhere. I think you're on the Isle of Man, where it's legal to do it. I don't think you're allowed to have this wheel. And he always goes, we're spinning from 33. And you think, no, you're not. You're just putting it near 33 and then whizzing the ball round there. And I, I do watch it, because I know quite a few people who, who do it. But I'm totally convinced that the people who are spinning their balls are the people who are not here. I think they're on the Isle of Man or somewhere like that. But they turn over loads of... Like, people love it. Um, somebody says here, I've heard there is Botox available for bottoms, says Jim. Uh, well, there's filler. There's filler for bottoms, I believe. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I, I wouldn't inject anything like that. I was really quite disturbed when we, when we worked out the other day and found it that you can get Botox online. We found Botox. on. You can order it and probably inject yourself. You would be a fool to inject yourself with anything that you hadn't had checked out. Seriously. I mean, I'm not in favour of Botox anyway. But you can. You, you, you can have it injected into anything. But it's mainly around the eyes and uh, your forehead. And then people have fillers. You know, if you've got sort of an indent, an indent on your chin or something like that. And before you know where you are, you end up looking like poor Katie Price, which is a total disaster. You don't want to look like that, or the Bride of Wildenstein. These, these are people who've, who've gone too far. And that very strange uh, Alvarez bloke, the one who thinks he looks like Ken. The, have you seen this one, the human doll? The human doll. I mean, he, he actually thinks he looks like Ken, and he doesn't. He just looks like some bad, bad, bad... I don't know what he looks like, to be honest with you. It's embarrassing. Really, really embarrassing. He's had everything done. He's had his eyebrows tweaked and implants. He's had ribs taken out of his body. He's had everything. I think his name's Rodrigo Alves. And every time I look at a picture of him, I just feel immensely... I mean, look at the state of it. He looks... Seriously, he looks like some... I don't want to be rude, actually. But he just doesn't even look human. He doesn't even look like Ken the doll. He just looks ridiculous. I don't know whether he's straight. Apparently he's straight, somebody told me. He's heterosexual. He's 34. He just looks ridiculous. Really, really ridiculous. The, the human Ken doll. Unfortunately, you're not. 
You do not look like Ken. You do not look like a doll. You just look like you're sort of somebody who's going to be locked up in the not too distant future. Very peculiar. Uh, went to our local parks, friends, says uh, Dean. Uh, enjoyed a very animated talk from Blackpool's town crier. Yeah, the weather was good. The weather was very good. Uh, a petition has more than 300,000 people calling on Windsor Council to stop plans to remove rough sleepers before the, uh, the wedding. Yeah, I'd heard about that one. These aren't people who live down in Windsor. I'll tell you what, all the people who signed this thing, why don't you invite the rough sleepers round to your place and they can pitch tents in your garden? You won't do that, of course, will you, really? Uh, Steve, Babe Station seems uh, a bit, a bit uh, something. But how, how do they get reaction from viewers? I don't know. Seriously, I mean, I, I was, every time I mention it, it just makes me laugh for some reason. Uh, somebody says here, I'm in a good mood. I gambled 60 quid and won 5,000 on slots online. Do you gamble ever? No, not really. Not really. I do the lottery, but that's uh, that's about it. Um, have you ever been to Pit, Pit and Weem? I don't even know what that is. What is it? Is it a town or something? I don't even know what it is. It, 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 it's at a restaurant. I'm really bad on things like that. You have to tell me an area where I'm going to, and then I'm sort of I sort of know about it. But uh, I, I, Pit and Weem. Jacob's trying to find it. Here we go. Pit and Weem. It's a village in Scotland, a fishing village, civil parish in Fife. Jeff's only got a population of 1,747. There's nearly more than that in this building. No, it's interesting, though, isn't it, really? It does look quite, it does look quite, quite pretty. It's just a little fishing village. You know, sometimes you do look at these places around this, this lovely isle of ours and you think to yourself, you know, could I live there? And you think, yeah, but would, would they... Would they be interested in me living there? And the answer is probably not. But I quite like, you know, that sort of lifestyle. I keep mentioning Mevergissi uh, in Cornwall. And that, again, is sort of one of these pretty little harbours. And this looks very pretty. Scotland's beautiful. If you go up into the Highlands, it's really pretty. Very, very pretty. And, uh, and I quite like the, the look of this, but um, probably not. For, I wonder how much property would be up there. How much property would cost? Uh, they've also got a secret bunker as well. Good Lord. Property for sale. There you go. Look at that. How much here? Oh, that's a nice house, isn't it? You can have a five-bedroom, semi-detached... Oh, it doesn't have a price on that one. Four-bedroom detached house for sale. How much is that one? That's, uh, that's quite nice. Why do they put price? I so get annoyed when you see a property... Oh, there you are. 380000 A five-bedroom, semi-detached house for sale. 380000 Isn't that ridiculous? But I've told you before, in Twickenham, a two-bedroom flat is going for about £700,000. That's not including parking. Uh, 308, 380 seems to be quite... A, oh, look, 369,000. That's with sea views. That looks nice. Jacob's very interested now. You can probably get... Yeah, you buy this. I like the idea of being by the sea. It's lovely. There's a lovely mid-terrace house here, 270,000. A four-bedroom in James Street for 179,000. See, property obviously very cheap up there, which is lovely. Oh, they've got a big cinema room and everything else. New Grange Park, Pit, Pit and Weem. Pit and Weem. Sounds delightful. So there you go, if you want to move there, everybody. Property is available. Or if you want to stay in London, you just have to go bankrupt, I'm afraid, slowly but surely. Uh, more of your uh, text message is uh, one here, which says... Um, oh, somebody else saying, uh, what, what, what's Katie Price been up to? Nothing at the moment. We're waiting to see whether there's going to be any police reaction on this revenge porn. She was allegedly showing round... Pictures on her phone of Alex Reed, one of her exes, uh, indulging in an act. 
which occurred apparently when she was doing Big Brother's bit on the side. She might or might not have had a drink. When she has a drink, she becomes uh, a completely different person. Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll take a, a very quick break. And then what we'll do is we'll come back to more of your text emails. We go through the papers. We'll tell you about Cheryl Split having talks with Liam. Uh, they're ready to end it. It's not lasted very long, has it? If it's true, mind you, you never know with these things. You never know. And um, and somebody says, I love every wrinkle on my face. Each one has a memory attached to it. Don't be so silly. Of course it doesn't. It's just the ageing process. There's no memory attached to a wrinkle. I promise you, it's just a wrinkle. And there are probably other parts of your body that have got wrinkles in as well. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 11 minutes to six. Sunday morning. So, Cheryl, I don't know where this rumour started, but somebody told me a couple of days ago, they said, have you heard the rumour that Cheryl Tweedy and uh, Liam are are going to split? And I went, they've just had a baby. How could they split? They don't last five minutes, these relationships. But uh, according to The Sun on their front page, uh, they're preparing to end their relationship, which has been on the rocks for a few weeks. Well, I mean, he's been away working, hasn't he? She's been staying in and then she did a pilot program the other day which is never going to be transmitted because they're obviously trying to sort of get her some work and it's a bit difficult to know what to do with her because she doesn't have any particular talent you know she's neither lucid uh you know she can she can sort of walk towards the camera with her hair done and makeup done going because we're worth it girls and that apparently is called talent in this day and age but when it comes to something i suspect he's actually probably realized that bedding you know the girl that everybody wanted to bed uh, once you've got over the novelty of that, you suddenly realise she hasn't actually got anything to talk about. There's nothing. Apparently, the story goes, and it's to go no further, it's only a rumour, that uh, Simon Cowell used to take her out with his business friends to prove to people just how dumb she really was. You know, because she's, she's got nothing to talk about. She can sit there and look good. You remember the, the disaster that was America, where she just... It was just wrong. Just completely wrong. And so he might have got to that stage going, OK, it's very nice, but... She's a lot older than I am. But on the other hand, what have we got in common? The answer is they haven't got anything in common. He was part of a very, very, very successful boy band. And she was part of a semi-successful Girls Aloud, where they all did their little dances. And uh, Sarah Harding tried to stay upright, which was always the novelty. And then that split up, and then they all went their separate ways. And then she had a couple of... Um, minor hits they were minor hits they weren't nothing nothing she wasn't setting the world on fire and she only got them to be minor hits because she was on the x factor panel where she didn't actually contribute anything to the program because she doesn't know anything she was told you would have been far better putting the spice girls on there but anyway he's 24 she's 34 and they've held crisis talks and are ready to split Powell's fear I love this crisis talks it's, it's I mean they're not married are they as far as I know they're not married so, you know, they say staying together for the sake of baby bear, Liam's solo career and 10-year age gap take their toll. Which, you know, I could have told them this beforehand. Because if you've got an, an age gap, eventually, you know, somebody's going to sort of go, oh, they're actually quite old, aren't they? I mean, that's why I don't go out with anybody. There's no point at my age. Heaven's above. The only people I want to go out with are dust. I don't want to go out with anybody. Not, not somebody who's physical in the, in the being word. So they're not married. They don't need to do it. It's just boyfriend and girlfriend. They've been together for, I don't know how long it is, over a year, I should imagine, which actually in showbiz terms is probably quite a lot. And they say there's a huge pressure on them. I don't understand where they get this huge, what huge pressure? He goes out there, people are very nice to him. She goes out there, people are very nice to her. What pressure is there? Is there the pressure to look good all the time? Is there the pressure to, 
You know, I think, didn't he take his shirt off a short while ago and had pictures taken where he was looking a bit uh, a bit buff, as they say? And she's probably said to him, and he got, you know, gets... It must be difficult with a 10-year age gap, although I don't think 10 years is any big deal. I know people with much bigger age gaps than that, and they work... It works absolutely fine. It's just that nowadays, the pressure of being a young person is a bit difficult. Yeah, he had this thing where he was sort of lying on a on a bed. It's a very bizarre picture. I don't know how you take... Has it taken with a mirror or something? I mean, there's a mirror on the ceiling. On earth, would you have a mirror on the ceiling? How ridiculous. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Jacob's not heard of such a thing. And so he's, he's got this picture here. He was sort of a shirtless shot from the bed of his hotel room. There's a hotel room with a mirror on the ceiling. Wouldn't you worry that it would become detached and drop and kill you outright? And so he's sort of showing off his sculpted abs. I mean, I don't know. It's a very odd hotel room, isn't it? I mean, I'm looking at it. It's sort of... I mean, nobody wears their shoes in bed. He's put his shoes on the bed. You don't do things like that. And then there's lots of pictures of him and her. But there is an age gap. And, um... Oh, he smoked. Does he smoke? Is that a cigarette? Yeah, he's got a cigarette on. But, um... It's it's just odd, really. Then he had a picture taken, I think, with Rita Ora. And that was sort of, you know, people saying, oh, you know, that was a bit suggestive and everything. Else. I don't know. I suspect he's going to be working with Rita Ora again quite soon. But it's in the papers today. As I say, I mean, if it's if it's a problem, then it's the problem that they can deal with. It's not a problem, really, for uh, for us, is it? Uh, Steve, regarding the woman, says John, who said she loves every line on her face. I used to love every line on. Thank you. <laughs> Did you win the 18 million last night? One winner. And uh, somebody said, have you got Jacob Rees-Mogg producing you? No, there, there, it's, it's quite a common name, actually. There are, there are more than one Jacob Rees-Mogg who's sitting in today for Nigel Farage. And he's, he's got that Bolton bloke on, hasn't he? Can't wait to hear that one. That's the one who's just been voted out, by the way. Uh, Steve, have you seen Katie Price catches the train after driving ban? No. But prob- if it, listen, if it was an opportunity for a photo, she'd be the one there. Uh, plus Steve at Tesco in Wigan you can press an amount of petrol at the pumps you never go over oh right and the um, the Ken lookalike was on Posh Porn Posh Porn is that the Posh Porn in this country where they've got them all over the place or is that the one in America the one in America is tat absolute tat it really is um, oh dear Premiership fiancé traps lover inside his house you can't really trust footballers at all, can you? They're always playing around. And this one's classy. Open this door, you slag. I mean, that's, that's, that's the headline. And it's sort of somebody on Valentine's Day. So his fiance traps his lover inside his house. And so they've got a picture of Steph and then rant at Sis. Uh, the lover is Chelsea. I mean, you know, you've only got to say the magic word to people nowadays, footballer, and they go, oh, money. Footballer equals money. Footballer equals champagne. Footballer equals... You've only got to sleep with them and you get a bottle of champagne. I mean, you know, it's kind of a good deal, isn't it, really, for some of these people? So uh, so that's... We haven't had one of those for ages, you know, where, where people sort of go out with a footballer. It's like uh, Paddy McGuinness. Christine uh, is not at all happy because he told her that it was a night out with his mates. And it turned out to be a night out with that Appleton girl who's disappeared at the moment. I mean, she's obviously relishing a little bit of publicity because she hasn't had any for, uh, for ages and ages. And Paddy McGuinness obviously enjoyed going out with them. They, they walked through Soho arm in arm. I mean, if you walk through Soho or anywhere in London arm in arm, it's a big place. But people take a picture. Go, oh, look, it's Paddy McGuinness. Quick, take a picture. Is that his wife? Don't know. 
Because nobody would know, because nobody knows what poor Christine looks like. But anyway, she went out the other day looking a bit. She's got Ugg boots. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Hate them. Hate Ugg boots. I saw a bloke in Ugg boots the other day. What bloke wears Ugg boots unless they're gay? I mean, if you're heterosexual, you're not wearing Ugg boots, are you? Is that the sort of thing people wear? Uh, nice picture of uh, somebody here. This is uh, Ambrosio. And, uh, oh, she's a Victoria's Secret model. For that reach, she'll get a kit off. Shove, shove money in there. Off, off it all comes. It's as simple as that. Uh, they've grown the first human organ in a sheep. I'm sure about that. Mind you, it's clever, isn't it? It is. I mean, it, it is. Whichever way you look at it, it is actually quite clever. But I just don't don't fancy the idea. Dolly the sheep always sort of worried me. Do you want to save your compilation list? Do I want to save my compilation list or not? I don't know what I've got up on. Oh, it's gone anyway. <laughs> Sometimes I, my papers rest on the. Um, on the keyboard and all some strange things pop up, as they say. Did the earth move for you? We don't get them very often in this country, but here is a little earthquake under a tiny Welsh village surrounded by sheep which rocked Britain yesterday. Millions felt the 4.4 magnitude tremor in the UK's most powerful for 10 years. I didn't feel it. Did you feel it? I don't know what you're supposed to feel, actually. I know when they have them in Japan, you could see people in shops, all of a sudden everything starts moving. But over here... You know, a, a tremor in Welsh Wales just be like a load of people piling out the pub, wouldn't it, on a Saturday night? Can't think of anything else, really. But apparently, it sort of spread out. And uh, the epicentre was 12 miles north of Swansea. Wow. So 12 miles it spreads out, because it was so far underground. This one, I think, was about seven... I think it was about seven kilometres underground. Which is, you know, seven miles. You're looking at... It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then it spreads out. But I didn't feel anything. Well, I don't think I did. But I, I don't know. Difficult to tell, isn't it, really, nowadays? You don't know whether you're feeling something or you're not. Uh, still to come, the Ripper. The police to quiz him again. I really couldn't care less about the Yorkshire Ripper. I really, really couldn't. Uh, I can recommend, Steve, Pitt and Weem, says Jackie. Lies on the east coast of Scotland. Beautiful views over the harbour and near to St Andrew's Golf Course. Ah, that's why, that's why, St Andrew's. I stayed in another small fishing village, Creel. In 1980. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? It's a very pretty places. Very pretty places. Uh, the, uh, the State of UK Prisons was being discussed earlier on. Richard was talking about that. And, um, and um, somebody, again, people asking me whether I won the lottery last night. Hello, would I be here if I won the lottery last night? Of course I would be. You think, <laughs> I've got a contract. <laughs> I don't want to jeopardise anything at all. We'll take a, a very quick break. We've got the news at uh, six o'clock. Coming up this morning, if you're in that kind of mood today, uh, the court case that could bankrupt Sarah Ferguson. I mean, because if she loses, she's claiming, I think, 40 million loss of earnings for the fake shake. And um, it, she might have to pay the newspapers fees, which are estimated about £970,000. I should imagine she's praying like there's no tomorrow. Uh, why has Harry Styles got none? He seems to be wearing curtains a lot of the time. It's all very odd. Uh, Gemma Atkins is having a relationship with a man. We know that because the photographer took pictures so we can get them in there. Susan Boyle is planning a comeback. Please don't. Please don't. And um, what was this other one here? Oh, yes. Please come back to a sitcom. 43 years after. John Cleese is back on your telly. And Craig Phillips. What a nice man. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Three minutes past six. It's nice to have your company. It's Steve Allen with you till... Seven o'clock this morning, and along comes uh, Andrew Castle. Uh, one of the colour subs today, it's Christine. Hi, you, Bleakley. And here she is, because uh, not because she's talking about loose women, uh, because she's got a spooky new series, but as ghosts don't exist, it's a pile of rubbish. 
we've now got three of these things. You've got Yvette Fielding, who does her Most Haunted, which is just a very good description of her. Then you've got Rylan, with apparently some celebrities who you've never heard of. And you've got exactly the same with Christine Bleakley. It's obviously a cheap way of doing a programme. All you have to do is just sort of go into a, into a, a place that's fairly dark. What was that? What was that noise? Did you just hear that? That was unbelievable. We're obviously haunted in this place. And that's exactly as bad as it gets on this thing with Christine Bleakley. It's rough. She says here, we looked up and I could see a figure in the window. No, you couldn't, dear. Don't be stupid. Honestly, nothing worse than lies. Lies, lies, and then there's television presenters. Oh, and, and it went all cold. It gets cold in here. It's called air conditioning. You know, shadowy figures. No, no, no. No shadowy figures at all. It's just made up. It's because it's, it's the best... The best job you can get, probably, I should imagine. Anyway, in the, uh, the programme today, some poor father and daughter go into a travel lodge. They're staying in a travel lodge overnight. The travel lodge called the police. They think he's a paedophile. And so the police turn up and, and you get, this is my daughter. It's my daughter. They're getting a little bit overexcitable now. Uh, the SAS will die for Harry. This is because apparently the SAS is going to be looking after him for his wedding. Listen, I mean, he walks about Ken High Street. What do you mean, protect him for his wedding? What sort of balmy people do you think are going to turn up for this kind of thing? There'll be the usual people going, love you, Harry, love you, Harry, love you, Meghan, love you, Meghan, and waving little flags. I mean, people standing in the window, there'll be a Meghan Markle look-alike and a Harry look-alike, and Windsor will sort of revel in it. But they've, they've got the castle there, and they've got their homeless people, and, um, and they're there all the time. They're, they make a mess. They make a mess, but there's nothing you can do about that. That's just the fact they make a mess. Was it a member of Parliament the other day who said that they would clear all homeless people off the streets by 23, by 2023? And I remember thinking to myself, no, you won't. Some of these people want to be on the streets. They don't want to be in a house. They want to be on the streets. It's as simple as that. You can't do anything about it. You go around here. We've got loads of people. They won't allow them to sleep in Leicester Square. They clean them out immediately. So if you think it's bad, you know, where they clear people out in Windsor, and people go, ooh, up in arms, they don't let them sleep anywhere near. You know, the, the, the police will have them out of Leicester Square so fast. They can't even drive pedicabs through here. That's how strict they are around this place. Scarlett Moffat's still trotting out her five minutes of fame, and it is trotting it out. There's no, there's no discernible talent. It's just somebody with a northern accent, which we appear to like nowadays. Front page of the the mirror, Paddy lied to me over night out with Nicole. Christine reveals her heartache. The heartache is that presumably they're going to go for a um, a divorce. I'm, I'm only saying that, you know, because I don't really see what what the what the difference is nowadays. You know, people say, "Oh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go for a divorce," and you go, "All right, we'll go for a blooming divorce." You know, I don't, I don't know why it makes such a big deal. The other day, they've got, oh, Kem Ketanay went out with Amber Davis, who's popped up. And it, what on earth is she doing on anything? The most talentless person on the television. You know, because she got drunk and went on Love Island. And that was the extent of it. Poor old Kem is currently putting on his skates and sort of racing around like a not very tall person. Also, controversial dancer faces acts uh, from Strictly due to her confrontational behaviour. Have you noticed they've all got attitude nowadays? This is a little dancer. Come on, Popsikins. OK, floaty, floaty, and floaty, floaty, more, and float, you know, and that's it. And then they, are, you know, they get into scraps and stuff like that. I don't know what's the matter with them. Uh, Strictly uh, Gorka and uh, Gemma. This is uh, Gemma Atkinson. She's got a little radio programme. I say little radio programme. You know, the entire station has got a smaller audience than I have during the week on LBC, so obviously nobody's hearing it. But there again, her entire life is just trying to get publicity. And because she went on holiday... Because she's just so, so busy. 
Uh, obviously not bothered about the radio audience, which is probably the best thing, because they're not bothered about her either. And she goes on holiday with a photographer, and there's pictures of her patting his bottom. You know, if you're walking along with somebody, the one thing you don't do is pat their bottom, as far as I know. But anyway, she loves the publicity. But the thing that shocked me about Gemma Atkinson is when she opened her mouth, mouth that, that sort of rough voice that came out. I was really shocked, really shocked. Um, here's Christine. Uh, this is Paddy's uh, wife. I don't see that one going much longer, do you? I mean, I shouldn't really say that because it's nothing to do with me. But, I mean, these people play their lives out in front of the media. So, as far as I'm concerned, fair game. Fair game. Uh, also, uh, what's this? Oh, a model wearing an outfit covered in black metal plates. I sometimes wonder, you know, when you get the fashion shows, you look at these people. Why, why is nobody laughing in the audience? They bring somebody out and they go, what are they wearing? They're wearing a ski yogurt. You know, and, and, and you sort of... It's like the Emperor's New Clothes, isn't it? It's the king is in the altogether, the altogether. And it's exactly the same with these people. This poor model is walking out there and she's got metal plates attached to this. Where would you wear this? The answer is nowhere, because it's designed for idiots. I don't, just don't understand what fashion is now. Perhaps I don't know. Perhaps I'm out of the loop. Perhaps I don't understand. This was at London Fashion Week and um, they were students from the... Central St. Martin's College, so they're allowed to a little bit of freedom. I mean, somebody turned up looking like a condom. I mean, you just you sort of begin to wonder, are they on drugs or something? Why would you want to turn up looking like a condom? Somebody turned up uh, wearing a paddling pool, and, uh, and somebody turned up wearing... Uh, it was all just different colours. It's sort of, it was a rather bizarre outfit, but it's this one with these metal plates attached to it. Are we supposed to look at it and go, OK, that's really fashion? I mean, it's, it's not for us, is it? No, it's not for us at all. Even the producer's looking at it, and we're sort of thinking... I mean, the woman dressed as a condom, I mean, or a paddling pool. So it's a paddling pool with a hole cut in it, and she's stuck her head through it. I just don't... I, I mean, perhaps I just don't get these things. Some of the other ones were equally bizarre. Somebody went as a, a green square, and they were all sort of shapes and, and sizes and everything else. I mean, there's not one of the... I mean, I, mean, I don't... I just don't understand. You know, I just work on the assumption that, you know, you, you put a shirt on in the morning and a pair of trousers over a pair of pants and that's it. But you look at some of these, where would they wear these things from? I mean, are these the sort of freaky people we see? When I came round Hammersmith this morning, oh my God, you see people standing by the side of the road and you look at them and you think, have you been out all night dressed in those clothes? It's like people getting off the train in the morning and it looks particularly bad on women for some reason. I don't know why. They'll get off wearing a nice tailored suit. And they've got trainers on, because they can't obviously walk in their shoes, which is what you see here. But these are these items are ridiculous. Absolutely the most stupid thing I've ever seen in my entire life. But nobody says that, do they? They go, oh, no, I didn't say that. It's like art. I thought Picasso was rubbish. Seriously, they've just found another Picasso, incidentally, underneath an existing Picasso. They x-rayed it. They've got this new x-ray machine, which is portable. And and they've discovered another picture underneath one of Picasso's work. I mean, he looked like he was off his trolley. You know, this is my cubism. Oh, go away. A three-year-old could do better than that. And they go, oh, no, it's Picasso, you know. Picasso. I want a picture to look like a picture. I don't, I'm not interested in cubism or anything. I just don't understand it, which is probably my downfall. Because once now I've admitted I don't understand it, art aficionados are going to be saying, well, that's it, Steve, isn't it? It's because you don't understand it. You don't understand fashion. And I go, well, I didn't understand Brooklyn Beckham's photographs, mainly because they were rubbish, because he can't take photographs. 
84850. My smartphone was running out of battery, so I downloaded the LBC app so I could unplug my radio to make room for the phone without missing the show. Sadly, I missed five minutes. As it turned out that the phone's plug had changed size. Oh, isn't that the worst ever? The amount of people that walk in here in the morning and go, sorry, has anybody got a plug? I want to pl- plug my phone in. Because I'm, I'm, I'm quite good at closing down apps. See, I, I charge mine up overnight. I've got 97% left, but I haven't used it this morning. I always check to see if the lottery have written to me. And they haven't. Uh, so another depressing time. But somebody apparently won last night. Well, quite clearly, it wasn't me. But I, I don't care. I'm not, I, I don't do the lottery to win. I do it to help poor, unfortunate people. That's what I'm doing it for, because it's my charitable side. You know, some people think that I'm selfish and I just want to do it so I can win 18 million. Seriously, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. I'd, I'd rather give it to poor people. That's how good I am. Or unbelievable, as the case may be. Uh, one here. It says, uh, I have a simple life outlook that comes with my, envi- uh, my advancing years. Every day out of bed is a good one. Do not forget next Thursday, as you're accompanying me again for the trip to Dad's in Bath. I've got him hooked on the show now as he gets up at 04.30 every day. His name is Jack and he's 90, says Frankie. 90, honestly. Do you know, more people are 90 now than, you know, people, you know, in their late 80s and 90s. And I think, I was, I was saying to a friend of mine the other day, I said, well, in fact, Celia Rimmery. And we were talking about the ageing process, and, and, and she, we don't, neither of us know when we're going to, you know, finally shuffle off. You know, is, if, if there was a book which told you when you were going to go, would you open it and find out? She said no as well. She said, no, I, I don't think I want to know. No, I said, I, secretly I would want to know, but secretly I don't want to know. You know, you'd open it to your birthday and go, oh, God, we're not going to make the next birthday. <laughs> yeah, then you think, I hope it's quiet. You know, I just, I just want to go in the sleep. You know, I want them to sort of to go, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't turned up for his car this morning. And they go, oh, right, where is he? They go, no idea, no idea. But at least I'll get played out because I'm the emergency tape. So that's good, isn't it? Let's have a quick slurp of my tea. If you're thinking about getting up to make a cup of tea, uh, now would be a good time to make... I had to walk all the way down there at my age. I had to walk all the way down to the other end of the room because there's no cups around here in this kitchen. I mean, it's a trek and a half for me. It is the worst ever. And then they all get... And then Phil, Philip Chrysikos, he said to me, have you finished? Have you finished, honestly? Guessing. No, I walked all the way to the back and, they, and then the producer for Andrew Castle says, you all right? I thought, you have to ask. I obviously look really ropey this morning. You know, whereas I sort of think, you know, you get out of the shower and you go, da-da! And I, always, I nearly had a kebab on the way in, but I thought, I can't have a... I know, I didn't. I didn't. And then the, and the fish and chip shop is open in, in Twickenham till quite late. And I thought, perhaps I should go and get some chips and a sausage and batter. But I didn't. I know. I could have eaten a kebab, though. I thought, could I eat a big... Because they're always very generous. They always give you a big portion. And uh, and I thought, perhaps I'll just have a small kebab. And I thought, no, that would be silly. That would be silly to eat. So I didn't have it at all. I shall wait till I have my breakfast a little bit later on this morning. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Apart from all these ridiculous people wearing art. 47 miles from Florida. Uh, as the school... A mourning the dead, the fanatics carry on. There's a huge gun show offering free entry to kids. Pick up your guns here and they don't see anything the matter with it at all. They have no problem with that. Say, please God, it never happens over here. Please God, it never happens over here. You know, we have knife crime. We have, there are guns out there, but certainly not as, Ameri- uh, as many as there are in uh, America. The Pinter is returning, which is good news, uh, in um, bottle, proper bottles, milk bottles, you know, the early... 
milk bottles. Or it's, sometimes there's a, a thing the other day. Where would I see it? Oh, it was on a, a television programme about farmers, and they've got a milk machine outside in the village. And what the farmer does is fill it up with milk, and you take along your implement, your jug or whatever it is, and you put it underneath, and you get farm-fresh milk. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? That's what it should be. It should be farm-fresh milk. And uh, sometimes it isn't. Uh, Steve, I signed up to Twitter purely to tweet LBC. So Ellie says, this is my debut tweet. Well, you're not going to go very far if that's it. If that's it, I mean, you're going to be banned immediately. They're not going to be allowing you any further than your front doorstep, for goodness sake, honestly. Paddy and Co. shouldn't be such twits, says Anne Diamond, who's a guest columnist for today. She's quite right. Trump, wrong to blame the massacre on mental illness. Uh, the boy Roo's got it all to do. This is Wayne Rooney with his brood, uh, because they've all got names that match, apart from the latest one, who I think is called... I can't remember what he's called. Uh, also, uh, they've got here... This is uh, the girl who's worth 147... This is Jennifer Aniston. Do you know she's worth £147 million? Can you imagine people knowing your business. They always say that, don't they? They sort of go, ah, so she's worth £147 million. You'd be like sort of reading, Steve Allen is worth, you know... Whatever. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be going, well, who's told them that? Who has told them that? I wouldn't want people knowing how much I'm worth. I don't think it works like that. It's spiritual, isn't it? Very spiritual. Health experts give McDonald's a big smack because apparently they've been branded irresponsible for linking their gourmet burger, which contains up to a third more calories than a Big Mac, with sport. But they always do that. They're in business. They're in bus- I keep being taken by these adverts for Kentucky Fried Chicken Bites, which come with a barbecue sauce. And I tried one the other week. It was delicious. It was absolutely delicious. But you can't have it all the time. You really absolutely cannot. You know, certain things are bad. It's always the things that are good for you, what do you think are good for you, because they taste nice, that are bad for you. Not so good. Uh, what else we got here? Vitamins. Yeah, very interesting. Mummy and Daddy Bear go hug it out. This is somebody else doing the goss here. Basically saying to Cheryl and her, um, her uh, boyfriend, listen, talk it out and sit. But once, once you go down that route, as anybody who's been in a relationship will tell you, once you go off somebody, and when I say go off, I mean you just really go off somebody, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't bring it back again. It's very rare. You know, you have to kind of do those, you know, you know, when you sort of you go out with somebody and then you just think, I'm going to go out with you again. But they're there and they're in the same bed and you try not to touch them in bed. You try to sort of keep to your side of the bed and you think, oh, don't, don't touch me, don't touch me. (laughs) You say that, you know, because some, some people just don't understand. I can remember years and years ago going out with somebody. It was many, many years ago. And um, and I thought, I don't want to go out with somebody seven days a week. I really don't. It was just, it was too claustrophobic. I've got other things to do and other people to see. And, and so I said to this person, I said, oh, I said, um, I think we need to sort of cut back on how many times we sort of see each other. And they said, oh, well, if, if you can't see us, you know, seven days a week, it's no point. I went, OK, fine. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Because you just, you get claustrophobic, don't you? It works for some people, I realise. Some people are very good at relationships. Some people thrive on relationships. Some people can't survive without a relationship. I'm one of those fortunate people, and there's more and more of us who are more than happy to be single. More than happy to be single. People go, you know, oh, it must be awful being single. You go, are you kidding? It's brilliant. You can do whatever you want. Absolutely whatever you want. You can get piddled out of your mind at home. You can watch television in your pants. Funny place to have a television, I realise. But, you know, you can do things like... Do whatever you want, as opposed to... Are we, are we going out then for a meal? Uh, no. 
Well, I, but I thought you said we were. Well, I've changed my mind, haven't I? And that's when you know you're on the slippery slope. And I should imagine he's had a bit of taste of freedom. He's been out there. He's had the little, how's your father? Bit of the old hanky-panky, you know, in the bedroom department. And he's seen her without makeup, And he was still interested for a little while. And, um, you know, because that's, that's the shock, isn't it? That's the shock when you see people. I can remember when, when I came up to London years and years ago, um, I was working in a, in a nightclub. And in this nightclub, they had go-go dancers, which is girls who danced on podiums in very sparkly bikinis and all the rest of it. Anyway, uh, to cut a long story short, the girl said, listen, why don't you come back to our place? We're staying off, off the King's Road. And I went, yeah, great, because we'd, we'd had a couple of drinks. So we go back there, and there were three of us in the bed. Three of us in this bed. It was a big bed, it has to be said. And I woke up in the morning, and they'd taken their makeup off by that time. I had no idea who they were. No idea. Seriously. I looked at these people, and I thought, who in God's name are you? Where are the people I climbed into bed with last night? And it turns out it was them, but without makeup on. And actually, it worked really well because we just we just laughed a lot of the time. We went out and we did London on a budget, and it it worked out quite well for about uh, eighteen months. But then everybody did that. Finding you know somebody to share a flat with in London is always the best way of sort of you know getting around and, and learning how you can live here because it's a great place. You can do London for free. All the museums you can do for free. You can you can you can go for great walks. You can do all sorts of things. Enjoy it, and you should do. But uh, as I say, just make sure you get somebody to take their makeup off before you even get as far as home. Because otherwise you'll have the shock of your life. But it is true that if their relationship has fizzled out because he's been out and he's had fun with everybody else. He went out with Rita Ora. And he bumped into other people and he wants to launch a solo career. She might be saying, uh, why, eh? why can't we just go on holiday? Because they don't seem to do holidays. There's not a picture of them on holiday. Loads of picture of him lying on the bed with his shirt off. Not a great body. Uh, yeah, but that's just personal opinion. And and then and she doesn't do anything at all. I think she stays at home with her hair in curlers, waiting for the next call from L'Oreal, so she can go out there and do another another makeup shoot. But if if it's fizzled out, it's fizzled out, and to try and rescue it back again could be difficult, or it might just be a load of old rubbish. It might not be true. We'll probably find out tomorrow, I should imagine. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Twenty six minutes past six. If you don't have to do anything today, don't get out. Stay in bed. So I'm not saying stay in bed all day, because that would be a terrible waste of life. I think you should always get up and do something, even if you go for a walk or, you know, you just... I mean, in London, we are spoilt for choice. We are spoilt. There's so many things that you can do in London, you know, and the sights that you can see. And also, it's like being a tourist. You know, even if you live here, there'd be loads of parts of London that you've not seen for ages and ages. And you think to yourself, should I go out today? Where shall I go? I mean, you've only got to go to the internet, type in London for free... And you'll find there's loads of... You can go past Horse Guards Parade. You can go down to the House of Parliament. You can go and see where Dickens used to live. He lived in loads of places, by the way. You can go and look at, you know, really expensive houses. You can do you can do anything. Go down Birdcage Walk. Look at the back of some of the really, really nice houses. I looked at one a short while ago. I couldn't buy it. I couldn't afford it. But I just like to go down there and pretend. You know when you have Fantasy Lottery? Have Fantasy Lottery. Go and, go and pick a house out that you like on Knight Frank's website. And, uh, and then go, go and have a look at it. And then fantasise that you bought it. But seriously, I mean, I, I, can, I can spend eight... You can generally do that after about half a bottle of Prosecco. Generally quite good. Uh, so I'll tell you about Gemma Collins in a moment. I mean, it's just... It's now getting ridiculous. This uh, vastly overweight 36-year-old who, to be honest with you, doesn't contribute anything to a programme and is immensely rude. And when somebody told her that she was rude for turning up late uh, to, a, to a date... I think she was half an hour late... Um, uh, he actually got up and walked out. 
which actually I thought was brilliant. It's about time somebody, you know, kicked her into touch and told her that you can't behave like this. And then when somebody had the audacity to call her a diva, she stood up and in that classic whining little voice that she's got went, like the GC, you call me a diva. And I thought, of course you're a diva. What are you, stupid or something? And now even the person who runs the programme realises what a fake she is and an old fraud. So uh, the sooner we see the back of her, the better. We've seen the front. That's not so good. Um, more on Barry Bunnell and the families who trusted him. The families who trusted because you, they didn't know that when he said he would look after their son and get them get them playing football and they would do they would have overnight stays and all the rest of it. Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. People in the clubs knew what was going on, but nobody said anything. So it's all it's all very strange. All very strange, the whole thing. And they're now saying... I mean, somebody says here, we, we actually trusted him taking our son to soccer camp in Mallorca. You thought that the kids would have gone, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But nobody said anything at all. And uh, this one here, one, one father is talking about, you know, how his uh, son at the age of 11... And you wouldn't have thought. He didn't, he didn't seem to fit a typical profile of somebody who preyed on eight to ten-year-old children. He just... He was into his football... And that's what he liked, who nobody realised. I think people, you know, people within some of the some of the clubs knew about it. And so they went away to Mallorca. What more did he need? What more did he need? Uh, Oxfam have said they're sorry, they'll change. Not sure if it's good enough. Not sure if it's good enough. Is it? Is it too little, too late? You're sorry and it'll change. No. Uh, why the silence, Nicole? This is Paddy McGuinness's wife is annoyed that Nicole Appleton hasn't spoken out to dispel rumours she had a fling. I wouldn't trust anything, Nicole Appleton said. Both of them are mad as fruit brushes. Seriously, they really are. When she went, I think it was her who went over to the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, and she was on a horse and a tree brushed against her. She went, oh, oh, oh. She literally had a breakdown. I mean, seriously, there's something seriously the matter with them. But she's not said anything. But there again, Christine, do you really want to hear what she's got to say? Do you really want to hear what she's got to say? She was pictured with her arms through Paddy's arm. I mean, what do you want her to do? You either have, there's either two options here. You know, you're saying, why the silence? So she comes out and goes, yes, we did have a fling. And it's not the first time. So what, is, what does that mean then? Does that mean then that the marriage finishes? Or if she says, listen, we both went out, we've been mates for years, and we got drunk. And that was it. And I went home, which, of course, we know is a lie because the press were outside her place and she didn't go home. So where was she? Where did she stay? Was she in his room that night? Whatever it is, you don't want to hear it. You really don't. If, if you suspect something's gone on, and normally wives are, are fairly good at picking up on things that are out of the ordinary. All of a sudden, you know, he'll make a bit more effort going out, a little bit of aftershave, you know, slick the hair back, you know, check all the credit cards and all that kind of stuff. Why did he tell you he was going out with his mates? Why did he not tell you he was going out with her? Would it have made it better or would you have had a major stand-up row? The answer is you're not going to like the answers you're going to be getting. Because even if he says, we just went out and we got drunk and that was it, we just walked back through Soho, she went off to wherever and I went back to the hotel, you're not going to believe him. Because we're all suspicious, aren't we? We're all suspicious. If you've been out with somebody before, I can remember I knew some people years and years ago and he was having an affair. I knew he was having an affair and uh, the person he was going out with knew he was having an affair because all of a sudden they start doing that. Men start doing things differently. They start, you know, taking more pride in their appearance. I don't know why that is, but it just tends to be that. Uh, more pictures of uh, Gemma and Gorka sizzling because they went on holiday with a photographer to get pictures of everything. So which is great. But she needs to knuckle down and try and do a day's work because at the moment she's uh, she's not. 
84850. I do own, says Rich in Exmouth, a pair of Ugg slippers. Not gay, though. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm sorry. You might convince yourself you're not gay, but you've got Ugg slippers. You know, I'm, I rest my case. You don't need to sort of... It's the fact that you went not gay, though, that means to me gay. OK, simple as that. Uh, Steve, I saw a trail for celebs go dating. Um, if I like a guy, this is this is GC's line, if I like a guy, I lick his teeth. Well, the trouble is, at the moment, she's uh, licking the teeth of a, of a convicted criminal. And that's about as good as it gets, really. Uh, what exactly is a fruit brush, says Donny. Oh, sorry, well, we're, we're in London. We have fruit brushes. Do you not have fruit brushes where you are? Oh, yeah, we have fruit fruit brushes here all the time. That's like, you know, when you, know, when you buy fruit, you, you carry a little brush with you. You can get them online, and you just brush the fruit with it, and then you put the little brush back in your pocket. Everybody does that in London. It's just considered part of the... Do you not brush your Savaloys? Do you have Savaloys? Do you, do you know what a Savaloy is? No, I didn't think you did. It's like a... Like a, I suddenly realised, actually. I'm saying Savaloy to Jacob, but he hasn't got the faintest idea what a Savaloy is. It's like a sausage. Well, it is like a sausage. You get them in fish and chip shops. You go, portion of chips and a Savaloy. <laughs> no, no. You've heard of fish and chip shops, haven't you? Oh, but God for that. But Savaloy's obviously defeat you. Just Where'd you come from? I can't remember now. Poland. Don't they have that? You see, you have really garlicky sausages, don't you? L- yeah, I can remember because my hairdresser, Kasia, sometimes she says, Steve, I, uh, I get you some uh, some Polish sausage. Well, I think that's what she said. Anyway, and, and when it came, it, you could smell the garlic from the moment the packet was opened. It was really, really heavy garlic. And I don't mind garlic, but I don't like the smell of it. Isn't that funny? I, food, food cooked in garlic is absolutely delicious. You don't have savoy. You must have something very similar to a savoy. I bet you have, actually. Yeah, probably just a name. But it, it, it is just like a, like a sausage. Uh, I agree with you, Steve. I agree with you. I love being single. I love my friends. But really like coming home to my sweet dog and slightly less crazy cat. Anyway, it means I can listen to you whenever I want to. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the idea. Sorry? Oh, is that the news? Have I missed it? <gasps> God, I'm so sorry. I'm honestly looking at me rambling on. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So, Eamon Holmes, apparently, was going to be poached by the uh, the Russians, but he said, Nyet, uh, for Ruth. He's been... He's uh, turned down. That'll be the first thing he's ever turned down in his life. He normally... The answer phone just goes, It's Eamon. He'll do it. You know, and it's as simple as that. But uh, he says he was offered a life-changing sum of money, but turned it down because of the impact on his wife and this morning co-host, Ruth Langsford. Can't imagine why. She'd probably say, Are you serious? Take the money. Are you mad? Then you can retire, but of course he won't. He'll, he'll sort of go on till he drops on television. He's looking quite old recently, I thought. But, you know, it's only because he's got white hair now. You know, white hair. I don't know, white hair's all right. I think if you've got dark hair, you go white, don't you? Never something to look forward to, is it, really, I don't think. Uh, John Cleese on why he's back to a sitcom. 42 years on. He always said, I shall never work for the BBC ever again. Uh, who's he doing this for? The BBC. And uh, I can remember walking through after we'd done. You remember I told you we, we did the interview with, uh, with John Cleese a while ago. He came in for In Conversation. <laughs> and as we walked back through one of our sister stations upstairs, every, all the office turned round to look at him because he's very tall. And I went, I, was, I, I, I did swear at you. I went, it's only effing John Cleese, isn't it? And they all laughed. <laughs> I just thought, you know, it was quite good, actually. You walk through with people and it's very exciting, very exciting. Uh, what else we got here? Um, I'm trying to find something that's of any interesting, actually. Uh, this is uh, not interesting. Uh, they think they found some of the UK hostages who were beheaded. They think they found uh, their grave. Uh, this is in Syria. Um, I think uh, they found, they think, uh, more than... 
more than 10 people, I think, including the Yorkshire-born uh, aid worker, uh, a Manchester cabbie and a charity driver. And uh, these are the ones that I think Jihadi John did. He's dead, actually, incidentally, now. He's gone straight to hell, as you can well imagine, as all these people do, as all these people do. I don't quite understand what they think they're achieving. answer is very little, apart from hell and damnation. Uh, well done to Craig. Craig Phillips uh, was the very first winner of Big Brother. Uh, before people realised that you could go on there with no talent and attempt to win it, and all you have to do is just sort of act in a peculiar way. It's no good sitting there being dull and boring. That makes you Colleen Nolan. You have to go there and do things. And he was very good. He was very personable. He's got uh, a new wife here now. And uh, they've asked guests to donate to a hospice rather than give them wedding presents. He's 46 and uh, Laura Sheriff is 31. Um, it's interesting, actually, because Laura, uh, the couple wanted their big day to help Helen and Douglas House, which looked after Laura's baby brother, Daniel, who died of a brain tumour. And um, there's all sorts of people at the at the wedding. Craig and Laura, who met two years ago, tied the knot in Cheshire at a place called Peckforton Castle, where Leicester City star Jamie Vardy got married. Oh, God, to that awful Rebecca Vardy. That's the one who was making comments. Remember last week in the paper about uh, she said that little Peter Andrex uh, was rubbish in bed. She said he was absolutely... The worst thing you can ever say about anybody. The worst thing you can ever say about anybody, especially to a bloke like with the ego the size of Peter Andre, is you're really rubbish in bed. And by the way, about the size of an acorn, which is what he got from Jordan. That's what Jordan said about him the other week. Because his, his wife was lying through her teeth. This is Ems, who's doctor, apparently. And, uh, or as we prefer to call it, just the baby machine. And now she's started giving interviews. It's all very dreary. And uh, poor old Pete sits at home and just sort of, you know... I don't know what he does. Where's a baseball cap? I've got nothing against baseball caps. Oh, got no lights. Look at that. All of a sudden, your lights have gone off the other side. This is what Nick Abbott has. Nick Abbott, if ever Nick Abbott, he, can always t- he always loses his temper. He'll be sitting in here or wherever, and all of a sudden the lights, because if you don't move for a certain amount of time, the lights go off because they're, we have them at home. It's a very good idea, actually, for conserving energy and uh, electricity. And all of a sudden they go off and you can hear Nick going, the lights have gone off again. He has to stand up and do an impression of a windmill where you sort of wave your arms like that. Then the lights come back on again. So (laughs) that's quite sweet. Anyway, among the guests, Andy Abraham performed. Dean Gaffney was there. Ricky Hatton, Frankie Dettori, Yuri Geller, Bill Roach and Mel C. Sent congratulations. They're on honeymoon in Colorado. Good Lord. He's starting a firm teaching people DIY. So I think it's quite good. You, you see him popping up on some of the shopping channels where he tells you how to spray paint a wall and stuff like that. You know, Psst. Not difficult, is it, really? I don't think so. Uh, Amanda Barry, do you know, for over 80, she looks amazing. She really does look amazing. And she's here with her, uh, with her girlfriend, Hilary. This is Hilary Bonner. I'm sure that Hilary was the one who wrote a book, Is There Life After Soap? And it was, it was looking at people um, who'd been on soaps for years and years. And then when they leave the soap... Is there still the chance of, uh, of getting a job? And it's a bit thin on the ground. A bit thin on the ground. Uh, Doddy, Ken Dodd, has cancelled a fifth gig as ill health uh, has continued. He's, uh, he's 90 now. He's already cancelled four tour dates. And he's just scrapped a show in March in Wolverhampton. Rushed from home on Merseyside. Which reminds me, actually, we've not heard anything from Peter Kay, have we, since... Since it was announced that um, that he cancelled all his tour dates and everything else, and we haven't heard anything from Peter Kay, so I'm expecting something this week. I think some some journalists will probably write something. Uh, the Gloria Honeyford 
uh, pieces in Sunday magazine talking about losing a child, which, uh, as we all know, took her, I think, and anybody else to the, the darkest place that you could ever, ever imagine. And because Karen Keating was a presenter and because so many people knew her through her Blue Peter days and the presenting on this morning and stuff like that, and because she was Gloria's daughter, that sort of gave her the edge. But uh, Gloria was absolutely distraught, as indeed any parent would be. But she talks quite openly and honestly about losing Karen. Must be absolutely dreadful. Almost as bad as Simon Thomas, who, as you know, also was a Blue Peter presenter, but lost his wife um, very quickly. I think within three days of diagnosis, she had died. And uh, a friend of mine in Twickenham, John, uh, who's uh, an old soldier... His wife died the other day. She was diagnosed with terminal cancer and died very quickly. But uh, John's now in a wheelchair. It just takes it out of people. People have, you know, unless you've been through it, you don't know just how, how difficult life can be. Very, very difficult indeed. Uh, Vicky's Potty about Potter. This is Vicky Patterson. Says she should be known as Vicky Potterson because of her love for Harry Potter. Obviously, nothing else going on in your life at the moment, dear, if that's the best story you can manage to come up with for the papers. I mean, you could come up with, you know, who you're not going out with now. That'd be quite funny. And uh, who's this one here? This is uh, Sizzling Rosie Mack. She's, uh... I don't know who she is. She's just posing in a bikini. Apparently, that sort of makes you a celebrity nowadays, which is very interesting. And um, this is Jason Gardner. I fear I'll be skating on thin ice over the job. I love him. I think he knows what he's talking about. And uh, Kem, reality star, Kem Ketney. He's not a star at all. Just a little Essex boy who cuts hair for a living. That's all he is. Not a star. He's apparently, he says, dancing on ice is helping him get over the heartache with Amber Davis. Oh, darling, she's moved on. She doesn't even know who you are now. Nobody knows who you are. You've disappeared completely. Uh, more on uh, Eamon, Nyet, to Russia, if you believe it, of course. I mean, as I say, I'm sure that Ruth would have said exactly the same. How much money are they offering? Take it. Take it. We've got Skype. We've got FaceTime. He was only doing football commentary or something. And um, and Daniela Westbrook. Tell you about her in a moment. Not good news if it's true. I'm hoping it's not true. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Donnie says we don't have fruit brushes in Eastbourne, but I'm coming to London today. Shall I bring one? Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, I thought everybody carried these in their pockets, but uh, obviously not. Uh, I went on Google, says Mina today, to see what I can do, as the weather's not bad. Near Wimbledon is a huge Buddhist temple with a big garden, which is open to the public on the weekends. Always something to do in this wonderful city. Always, always. Don't ever let anybody ever tell you there's nothing to do in London or any city. Any city. So here's uh, Daniela Westbrook. A little bit of a sad story, really. She begged for drugs on a sunshine trip, says the newspaper. Difficult to tell, really, with Daniela Westbrook where the fantasy begins and where the, uh, where the rest of it picks up from. Uh, the former EastEnders star last year vowed to end her battle with addiction and checked into rehab. 20 years she'd been shoving it up her nose. And uh, I was with Daniela Westbrook when she was at the height of her cocaine and uh, she was going out with the bloke from... He's 17. But anyway, in an emotional post online, she swore to do it once and for all for myself and my kids, which turns out to be, if you're an addict, you might as well swear on the Holy Bible, I shall never touch this again, I shall never do this, because it's just not true. And the addiction was uh, was bigger. Anyway, uh, she used so much cocaine that her nose collapsed, but she still appears to be using drugs after bombarding a friend with texts and calls for a fix during a jaunt to Gran Canaria three weeks ago. The pal... As I say, if you believe this story, then it's, it's really sad. Uh, the pal who asked to remain anonymous shared the star's 
texts and messages from her verified Twitter account with the Daily Star Sunday. In them, Daniela writes, are you OK to get the sniff? Get the proper flake, though, as that Coke last night that we got was rubbish. And try and try get six. Love ya, baby doll. That's how these people speak nowadays. Love ya, baby doll. Anyway, uh, later in response to a query about her location, she adds, and she reads rude words, which I can't, uh, leaving in ten, where shall I come, babe? Did you get the bits? The friend who claims he's not a drug dealer told us he'd known Danielle almost ten years. Won't take her long to find you, will it, really, I suppose? Uh, he says, she knows I'm often in the Canaries, so was on to me looking for drugs. He must be gay. The only people who go to Grand Canary are gay men from London. That's, that narrowed it down a bit. Last week, she claimed a stalker had stolen intimate photos from her iCloud account. This is this intimate photo malarkey thing, which goes on all the time. Apparently, everybody's got photographs of themselves naked on their telephones. I'm happy to tell you now, I have no such photos on my telephone. So if anybody hacked into my telephone, you're going to be really bored. There's pictures of Christmas trees. A Christmas table at Christmas and, uh, you know, cars and stuff like that. But certainly no uh, no naked pictures of Steve Allen, which I'm sure you're eternally grateful for. Uh, the, the two marriages over, or the two relationships over, Kate's brother and Donna Eyre. Donna Eyre used to be in Baker Grove and uh, she's got a child, which she had with somebody. And uh, Cheryl and Toyboy Lover could split in weeks. Now, if it's true, then it's very sad, but, you know, there was a 10-year difference. Does it make a difference if somebody... I remember saying when they went out to start with, I remember thinking there was an age gap and also she's got nothing in common with anybody. What does she talk about? I used to be in Girls Aloud, you know, and, and perhaps sings one of their songs or does it. But that's it. I can't think of, I can't think of anything else she'd be talking about. Um, and he's young. All he can talk about is how successful uh, One Direction was, how they went around the world, how the girls camped out here for... Oh, days, it seemed, days. Uh, also, unkippered humiliation for the party leader, Bolton, as he's finally forced out over his lover's racist messages. What on earth he's doing with her, I've got no idea. Why would you want to hang about with an out-and-about racist? A disgusting piece of work. But anyway, he's going to be interviewed today. Jacob Rees-Mogg is sitting in for Nigel Farage today, and his guest will be Mr Bolton, the one with the racist lover, who apparently he's still seeing. All a little bit embarrassing, isn't it, really? Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber says, my wife saved me from thoughts of suicide. So that's good news. It must be very difficult, actually. If you're very, very successful, you know, the pressure is on people, I think. Uh, also, Burberry's uh, gone Technicolour. They've got a Burberry coat now. Looks ghastly, but uh, I'm sure somebody will actually be, be buying it. Uh, also, Peter Hitchens in his column today <clears throat> says, uh, 17 more deaths because we won't ask a simple question. And uh, it's, you know, I mean, why they didn't shoot him? I don't I mean, Anybody else they actually would have would have shot, but they didn't in this particular case. Uh, why it's got to be curtains for Harry Styles. This is poor Harry Styles and his bizarre outfits. I mean, they really are bizarre. But I suppose if you're good looking, as I've discovered, you can just get away with anything. You can wear any outfit and it looks good on you. I'm the sort of, the trouble, that's not true. That's absolute rubbish. Because it's, you know, people model. That's why people are models and people are radio presenters. That's why I'm a radio presenter. Because, you know, if, if I wear a bin liner, it looks like I'm wearing a bin liner. You know, if I put a smart suit on, I look like a sack of potatoes. I just look ridiculous. No, there's nothing that I, I could ever put on that people would be going, oh, God, that really makes you look good-looking. So, nobody's ever said that, so it doesn't, doesn't really happen in my life. In the case of Harry Styles, because he's young, fresh-faced, and he's got hair, so there you go, that's three things I've not got, uh, he's, sort of, he's sort of better. 
at it. So he he can wear curtains. I can't I can't wear curtains. I just really I just look seriously. People think I was mad if I turned up wearing neck curtains or something like that. Uh, Corbyn's Soviet spy link should be investigated by Parliament, say the Sunday Express. And uh, our Lizzie wins gold. I think she was lying on her back, or was it her tummy? On which one's on the back? Is it a skeleton? Is it on your tummy? If you're doing the uh, downhill thing at the Winter Olympics, I think skeleton's on on your tummy. I'm pretty certain. I, sh- I saw her doing it. Well, you wouldn't get me doing it. I tell you, nothing would get me doing that at all. I can't think of anything worse. Far too, uh, far too scary. Far too scary. Uh, take to the streets for Harry. Before, before it's only Harry getting married. He's had loads of girlfriends. What's the what's the point? I don't understand it. Uh, Bolton's out. So is this the end for UKIP? They owe a fortune, don't they? And they've got a picture of his uh, his sort of girlfriend, Joe Marnie, obviously taken some years ago. Uh, plus, the biggest earthquake for 10 years hits the UK. That was the one yesterday where you might have felt a vibration. Neither Neither Jacob nor myself felt a vibration yesterday. So we were either asleep and missed it or failing that it just didn't, didn't reach London at all. And uh, what have we got here? Quickly, quickly. Uh, Taylor Swift ticket sales dragging. You know why? Too expensive. Even Kylie Minogue, a meet and greet with Kylie Minogue is a thousand quid, apparently. And fans have been going, what? That's a little bit expensive, isn't it? I think so. And um, uh, Craig says, I find it quite worrying why anybody would have naked pictures of themselves on their phones. Why would you do it? I don't, to send to people, apparently. To send to people. You can imagine, can't you? Somebody sends you a picture, you open up the picture, you go, I wonder what that is. And you go, oh. I don't really know what else you're supposed to say to it. I just, I just find it very bizarre. I just find the whole act of taking a picture of your bits odd anyway. But there you go. Nick Ferrari's doing his, uh, his column in the paper today. He's got a new photo. Looks very good indeed. And he's talking about all sorts of things. Think before we give any more. This is to Oxfam. Uh, Camilla Tomenay. Uh, talking, that's a nice picture. Who is that? Who is that person? This is the midwife star, Helen, hitting back at the trolls because trolls are everywhere now. All you have to do is just ignore them. Eventually they get bored with their own, uh, the sound of their own voice and they give up. Uh, that's it for this morning. Thank you very much indeed. I shall be back with you tomorrow morning. Oh, and I'm back again this evening at nine o'clock for In Conversation. It's a cracking In Conversation. It's food and Nigel Planer. So James Martin and Nigel Planer. Uh, on In Conversation this evening at 9 o'clock on LBC. As I say, back with you tomorrow morning. You can download the LBC app because as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from last week for free on our catch-up feature. You just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on catch-up. It's as simple as that. Have a great day. Uh, Enjoy yourselves wherever you're going. I don't think it's going to be as cold as it has been. We seem to be getting a little bit better weather. At 10 o'clock this morning... Jacob Rees-Mogg in for Nigel Farage. He'll be talking to Mr Bolton. But right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.